Unplugging from AC. Why playing on battery power alone can be useful in 2022 and beyond. By Mike Sokol. I began the year with hopes of less focus on COVID that would signal the beginning of the opening of a lot of clubs and events in my region. Many of the bands and production companies I know have struggled with a lack of gigs the past two years. With 2022 perhaps seeing a turnaround, in some cases it's true, but I'm also hearing about cancellation of club gigs and other indoor events like weddings and parties. Now, I don't want to sit around all this year waiting for something good to happen with indoor music production. So I'm planning on how to take my productions to the street or the woods or the beach. However, these small scale shows can be hundreds or thousands of feet away from the nearest AC outlet. So what do we do? Take a generator that makes noise and fumes? Or do we run hundreds of feet of extension cords to the nearest electrical outlet with all that voltage drop and people tripping on the cables? No. I think this is the year of battery power for live events. That's right. There are now a ton of options for both battery-powered loudspeakers as well as battery-powered mixers and instruments, all of which allow us and the performers and productions we work with to easily do outside shows, even if the electrical outlet is nowhere to be found. Just how much can be done with battery power alone? Glad you asked. Modern sound and lighting systems are extremely energy efficient compared to the technology of just a few decades ago. In fact, I would guess with LED lighting and Class D power amplifiers that can get you by with about 10% of the AC power you might have used in the 70s and 80s. Of course, large concerts are still going to need a lot of juice to power a huge sound and lighting system that can cover a crowd of 50,000 at 100 plus dB SPL, joined by video walls and lighting effects. But I'm talking about what it would take for a band to play an outside performance for audiences of 500 at more modest sound levels. After all, a gig's a gig, right? And once you get good at the battery power approach, it can easily be scaled up. None of the old school audio technology was remotely efficient enough to even consider powering from batteries. And the batteries were all lead acid or NICAD chemistry, meaning they were very heavy with limited storage capacity. But lithium battery technology and variations of the lithium ion batteries that power smartphones and laptop computers has packed a lot more energy into a smaller package with much less weight. We're beginning to see standalone portable loudspeakers with built-in lithium batteries that will run at full power for several hours on a single charge. Another option is to use a battery power station from a company such as Jackery. Many of these portable battery inverter packs are available with 1500 to 2000 watt hours of battery storage with a 1500 to 1800 watt pure sine wave inverter. You can run a pretty nice size modern sound system for hours on that kind of power station, all without hum or buzz. In fact, these modern pure sine inverters can deliver 60 hertz AC power that's cleaner than what comes out of the power outlets. What about battery power loudspeakers? The folks at JBL are sending me a pair of Eon One MK2 portable PAs with built-in lithium batteries and an onboard Bluetooth-controlled digital mixer. You can also get spare battery packs and a tabletop charger if you need to swap in battery backup 
but JBL advertises six hours of running time on a charge, which would be pretty impressive if it works. Of course, I plan on testing it under real-world, pretty loud conditions. What about battery-powered instruments? While I love my Nord Stage 3 keyboard for in-studio and regular gigs, I get a little squeamish about taking it out on a beach or a street gig. But all is not lost since Nectar is sending me an Impact LX88 Plus keyboard controller and Pacer foot controller that I'll use to drive my main stage music application in a laptop. These are both USB-powered units that should easily run for hours on a laptop from a small USB power supply, and Mainstage can use VST plugins that emulate all my favorite keyboard instruments. Can I run a mixing console on battery power? Of course. In fact, a fairly large console can run via battery or an inverter box. However, keep in mind that many of the newer portable PAs include a 4-8 to eight channel digital mixer. If you want more hands-on control, there are options such as the Behringer Flow 8, a minuscule digital mixer that can be powered by a USB supply and controlled by a smartphone in addition to its own faders. It even has an optional stand mount so you can hang it right in front of you. I've not done the math yet, but I'm guessing it would run all day on a single USB power brick, like those we use to recharge our phones. What about stage monitors? That's covered too. You may remember my semi-silent stage article series from a few years back where I experimented with compact column array loudspeakers behind the band. While this won't work for really loud amplified stage instruments, if you're doing guitar pedals and main stage keyboards and possibly a digital drum pad of some sort, it could be a great option that lets you and your band members hear their own mixes without extra wedges or even in-ear monitors. Of course, if you like in-ear monitors, there are many options there as well, but I'm all for keeping this as simple as possible. So, over the next several months, I'll be gathering more battery-powered sound gear, trying it out in a variety of live gigs with my musical colleagues around the area, and sharing with you about how long everything actually works on battery and even solar power, as well as how good it sounds. I'm not willing to compromise musical sound or performance to do this, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the right track. And if the technology works as I envision it, this modern battery chemistry could help keep bands gigging over the next few years. Sidebar. Set the flux capacitor to 1974. Power is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Back in the days of analog power supplies and incandescent lamps, my band would often use a pair of 50 amp 240 volt outlets to get the 200 amps at 120 volts needed for our shows. Now, we were just a cover band in the mid-70s, but I had a 50-kilowatt lighting rig that consisted of 48 old-school 1,000-watt PARs with 500-watt pin spots with dimmers that I designed and built myself. Meanwhile, the sound system included a rack with 5,000 watts of old-school Dynaco and Heathkit power amplification that was very hungry for AC power. We couldn't even think about plugging this rig into just a few 20-amp wall outlets. It required a direct connection to a club's electrical service panel with 100-amp wiring. Mm, those were the days. Moving along to the 80s, I did a two-piece act with a guitarist that was much more modest in terms of power requirements. 
It only had a single stereo 1000 watt amp, still with an analog power supply, plus a few 300 watt spots. So if we didn't do anything crazy, it would run just barely from a single 20 amp wall outlet. Still, if I got out of control with my mini Moog playing key bass, I would trip the circuit breaker. Oops. Over the subsequent decades, I ran the sound for hundreds of live and broadcast shows of all types, many of which required a large generator or three-phase power on camlock connectors. But I noticed that the years went by, the AC power requirements got to be less and less. Of course, one of the biggest watt reduction technologies was the introduction of LED lighting instruments. They're handy, not just because you could attain any color you wanted without the need of gels, but their power requirements were about 10% or less of incandescent lights. An LED lighting instrument that only needed 50 watts of AC power would easily replace a 500 or even 1000 watt par. Plus, you didn't burn your hands while changing lamps. At the same time, power amplifiers were making great strides in reduced AC power requirements to the point where a small rack of really powerful amplifiers could run on a single 20 amp outlet in many cases. And the amplifiers also lost a lot of weight in the process, thankfully. I still have a rack of Crown Macrotech 2400 amps that still tests your back every time you move it, and it's currently powering a wall of 80s vintage concert cabinets that weigh 420 pounds each. This kit now resides in the kids' game room, and I'm not moving it anywhere. And the kids have to be careful to power up the amps one at a time, or it will trip the 20-amp breakers providing them with AC. I'm glad the good old days of heavy metal aren't coming back. I don't think my pack could take it. Mike Sokol has worked as a sound system designer and engineer for more than 50 years, and is also noted as a top audio educator. In addition, he serves as a noted consultant on power to the RV industry.